0: And welcome to AFL Deep Dive episode 2 with Beyond the Game. How are you Mr. Smith? I'm good Trent, how are you? Doing very well. We had a big week last week. Massive game with the Richmond and the Pies. Pies
1: And a couple of other good games throughout the the weekend and shaping up to be a very interesting end to the home and away season.
0: So we're going to do something interesting today. We're going to do a few different things. We'll do a bit of news, a couple of things floating around. Well, Instead of going into one game for next round, what we're going to do is we're just going to talk about upcoming runs for a few different teams in terms of the finals because there's a really unique situation here. This doesn't happen every year. We really do have a 12 to 13 team. Situation here where there are a number of teams that can absolutely still play finals. So it seems quite pressing that with a few clubs, let's look at their run ahead and sort of chat about what's likely, what's not likely, and where we see the next few weeks going.
1: Yeah, so there's a logjam, like everyone who's into AFL would know, sort of between positions six, seven through down to 12th, that so many games, so many teams play against each other in that group. What's the run home going to look like? How many wins do each of those teams need? And we'll go into a bit more of an analysis of those games just to get a better idea of who we think is going to get there in the end and make up the bottom half of that top eight. Yeah, I think
0: it feels the most pressing at the moment. So we're an AFL podcast that focuses on the game over the drama. We do weekly podcasts. We do two podcasts a week, so we do a review and a preview. So we always talk about the round that's gone and then the roundup coming. The review, we go pretty deep because we, we don't like to speculate and we like to talk about stuff that's actually happened. So the review, we cover all games, all teams. So definitely check it that out. That's up on all podcasting platforms now. So if you want to see a review of any of the teams that you follow and any of the games from last week, we, went, we usually go pretty heavily into the bigger games, but we always cover every, every team. Yeah, so.
1: and then the next day, which being tonight, we record the review and we look at the game, uh, Round preview? ahead, yeah. preview, sorry, yeah. and look at the round ahead and touch on some of the more key games, especially now that we're coming into the tail end of the season. Again, a little bit shorter than the uh, review, but uh, we also then look at the games that are probably yeah. bigger um, as far as the spectacle, matchups and things like that. We yeah. go into a little bit more Injuries, detail into those yeah. as well, so... Yeah, so let's,
0: do. let's start, let's keep going. So we, we do cover news when it kind of flows into the game, but we, we don't cover too much of it when we just don't have time. So this no. is a great opportunity to sort of talk a bit about what's going on at the moment. And obviously, Gilliam Gil is not aware of the AFL Deep Dive news cycle. So last week, right after we did our episode, of course, right, the first thing in the morning on Waitley. Jared uh, Waitley had uh, Gillian McLaughlin in to chat about uh, things around the game, and he decided to float, which was, you know, very obvious what he was trying to do. Float the idea of trying out new rules within season, and potentially there being a situation where on one day one team is playing with one set of rules, you know, one game going one way and another game going the other way. Then, you know, only a week prior to that, Steve Hawking had said that's not going to happen. So we had an absolute mare of a a situation. It was shocking how fascinating it played out. out. I mean, it was almost page for page what we thought would probably happen over the next month and a half around this. We did think that they would float this idea of this little bit of conditioning of, you know, what do you guys think about this actually happening in season? How did you see that all playing out? Oh, look. It
1: just goes to show, and I don't want to um, belt up the AFL, but seriously, when you've got two guys that are basically numero uno and number two um, saying, yeah, saying complete opposites to each other, you've got to question yourself. And and I love, uh, t- uh, I think it was Channel 7's television on the Friday night, um, just honing in on the fact that the two of them do talk to each other, even oh, if it's they just, yeah. yeah. well, they were standing next to each other and... Um, there was a you, lot of you, coverage you, of them, wasn't there? Yeah, the it was. Yeah. We were like, why aren't they playing, watching the football, and put the the, mm. the camera on the football? But yeah, a bit of a schmozzle. I don't know how. I don't think the AFL can dig themselves out of that one. It's plain to see that uh, certain people and fractions within the AFL are on one side of the fence, and the others are on the other, and they're not really. Uh, congelling together, which is basically the issue that most of us as supporters have got at the moment. So we want to know yeah. what's going on and be consistent with what comes out of the AFL
0: house. If that's Gill's way of being transparent with the footy public, I'm, I'm not sure what's going on. Because it really felt very obviously that he floated that idea and, and sort of thought, gee, I wonder what's going to happen here. But the irony of it is that, you know, something we recorded two months ago, as we were saying last week in the State of the Game, we're still another week and we're still... Have little to no idea of what's going to happen, no. and that's completely relevant. So if you, you can check that out. It's episode thirty-two, I think it is, but it's a yeah. while ago now where we discussed. Were, we're into nearly up to fifty now, so it's a little while ago discussing that. But it was a bizarre situation. It was funny, very bizarre happening the next day after us discussing the rules and you know our main summary of it. I think, and and you can definitely elaborate with this is you know removing a lot of the existing rules before we decide to add any more to it
1: yeah absolutely and again all the interpretations of the rules are done by the umpires and they get the flack for those interpretations but they've got unfortunately the hardest job because they're getting told by their bosses and their coaches who probably get told by the AFL what to do yeah. in this game and what not to do in that game and I've got a little bit of an insight for that because my brother years ago was an AFL umpire and the same thing uh, there wasn't as many rule changes but he said like sometimes you would have to interpret a certain rule because it was in the media for whatever reason the week before and had to hone in on it so it is a challenge I think yet take some of the rules that uh, interpreted, or an individual has to interpret them to to call the rule um, out of the game, and the rules that are black and white stick, and let's just see what happens. I think the players and the coaches evolve and develop based on that anyway, and I think if you're gonna put something in, you've got to at least take something out. Just piling on more and more and more rules just makes the game much harder to adjudicate and definitely harder for the players and coaches to adapt to. Yeah, and
0: given the situation with the ratings this year, I mean it was amazing to see when, you know, McLaughlin comes out with this statement and afterwards the you know, the whole day is just meltdown on, on all social media around how much of a ludicrous idea this would be and, and how cooked it is when it comes to integrity in terms of the draft, in terms of the Coleman, there's a whole range of things that it could affect in terms of the teams and the games that he was talking about. So we thought we'd just touch on that again yeah. just to keep it as a rolling conversation because it was another you know crazy development than from what we spoke about last week. And for me, I think the round just gone once again proved that a number of these rules need to be removed. So below the knees, without a doubt, the deliberate even in that Adelaide-Melbourne yeah. um, game as well was really shocking.
1: Yeah, I think when it it's so hard to... For both teams. For both yeah. teams to really understand whether... I mean, players are going to do it regardless. And there was a lot of instances throughout the weekend and throughout this year where the deliberate rush behind is clear as day, no pressure, and they don't call that. So you can't have one being called and not the other. I think that yeah. takes the game away from uh, what the players are allowed to do and what they've been told to do so yeah i think those types of rules they don't haven't enhanced the game at all they've no. actually probably done the opposite and i think any rule that has been brought in over the last few years that hasn't improved the game from a spectacle or from a uh, player's perspective and ask the players if they yeah. like the rules or not and then if it's to no then get rid of it and if it's a yes then keep it for another year and in intertwine it with some a, a tweak here and then tweak there i think yeah yeah I, I, look Ultimately, uh, everyone's got their opinion and it depends where your team is positioned at the moment and how well they're playing. I get that. But ultimately, uh, the biggest player is the broadcasters. Yeah. And if we want to expand this game outside of this country, yeah, we're going to have to make it visually yeah. appealing, I reckon.
0: We do, but at the same time, we don't want to bury kind of what, what already exists. Oh, and, yeah, of yeah. course. And I, I think, the, the, again, we had another week where, I, for me, the umpire adjudication of certain rules is a bigger blight on the game than totally congestion agree. and this yeah. is something that we you know we spoke a little about uh, off the podcast and it just doesn't sort of fit in terms of talking about game by game and play by play and all that sort of stuff but to me yes congestion is an issue but a bigger issue is the way some of these rules that we're talking about the way they're adjudicated if it can't be adjudicated and it is so variable from umpire to umpire, like in the in the Adelaide-Melbourne game where there was deliberate for both sides and, and there were both ones that were just ridiculous in a lot of respects. That's, that's not a good situation.
1: Absolutely. And the tough thing about being such a large country with a small population, while a big chunk of the central umpires are based in Victoria, there are state-based umpires. So they train away from each other. Yep. So imagine if your football team had a handful of players, state-based players, training away from the main group, and then they had to come together as a team and play. I mean, the same thing, to a lesser extent, happens with umpiring from time to time. You might get two central umpires from Melbourne that have trained and worked and talked together a lot and have the boundary umpires and the third central umpire from SA, for example. They might know each other, so you've got two different interpretations, right, or three different interpretations, right there, yeah. and that, that that's a challenge in itself. It needs
0: to get more professional, and I think that's a bigger issue than a number of things the AFL is trying to tackle. But anyway, we just wanted yep. to raise that, and we want to continue that discussion. So definitely hit us up on social media or in the in the Facebook chat here, and. Yeah, let's, let's talk about it and let's see what you guys think in, in relation to it. But for us, I would remove a number of the rules that have come in over the last couple of years, and we both definitely agree with that because I think they're just a lot of them are so difficult to adjudicate, and that's a bigger blight to me than nearly everything that's going on at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. I'd rather see less rules. Well, rules that are so difficult to, to monitor. I think that's the big issue. Yeah. If, exactly if something right. that's going to fix the game that can be properly adjudicated, great. But if they're so difficult to adjudicate, and I'm, I'm, I feel for the umpires because a number of them are basically, oh well, gee, what? Well, look at the state of the game. How loud's the crowd? Am I going to get bashed on the way out? Oh, oh, deliver it! Like that's that's not, you know, like, and some of that <laughs> stuff. I mean, like,
1: it's it's funny, but it, it, at the same time, it's true. You've seen, yeah, we've clearly, all seen it in some games. Clearly. An umpire has got a million things going on in their mind, <laughs> and they've had to make a split decision, and probably weren't present as they should have been, and then they're getting. Belted by the supporters and the teams and oh yeah it's good there's too much to to no. really adjudicate and, and play the game on so yeah I think yeah. less is more in this instance
0: so another thing we'll, we'll move into now we'll talk a little <laughs> bit about free agency so we do touch on free agency a little bit in the podcast not as much we generally do them as separate episodes so a lot of people kind of like to wait through to the end of the year we kind of talk about it in and around games if, it, if it's worth talking about but a lot of the time we kind of make separate episodes gradually throughout the year bonus episodes so to speak yeah just to chat about kind of where everything's at. and a lot of the time we we don't know you know a lot of people it's all don't speculation know. We, and no we're not we don't we don't do the uh the tom brown you know reporting a developing story because we'd rather wait for the story to happen and then then we can talk about it not a half-cooked story but let's talk a little bit about free agency here just because is that because there's some steep there was some steeple chasing going on earlier <laughs> this week <laughs> possibly yeah. so in blair gary the so if you haven't seen the tom lynch <laughs> situation so we the where this comes from as always. last week we spoke a bit about the the whole scenario and we really liked that nathan buckley was honest on Footy classified oh that's fantastic around yeah around (laughs) the fact that he and and the club had spoken to tom lynch i mean we all know this goes on and then uh hardwick on talking footy you know only really an hour or so earlier had said i'm not commenting around tom lynch and you know we can't comment and blah 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 now i think the afl you know while they're worried about congestion this is another thing they probably need to get their rules straight about and strict around Look at look at the NBA and the way how well that's pretty sorted out. You know Magic Johnson rocked up on on LeBron James's door at, at eight oh one that night. Like you know these are two pretty massive figures and they can they can figure it out. So I think you know to be fair, I think in the AFL we, we probably could figure that out as well. But let's talk a little bit around it. So. Yeah, I mean, what were your thoughts on... So, the, the following The, the week, Bucks backflip. Well, yeah, so that's the thing. So, Nathan Buckley on SEN, like, only a matter of days later said, oh, look, I shouldn't have said it, and basically walked it back. So, obviously, Eddie or whoever spoke to him and said, no, we don't want that sort of stuff. Or the AFL might have warned him. Who knows? Yeah. What, what do we think? I mean, I, I I was disappointed.
1: I was disappointed. I think that it's if it's said in the open media, let it be, yeah, the club might not have been happy with Buck saying, but had that discussion with Bucks behind closed doors. It doesn't need to come. It looks worse now than anything. And it's like, but what's the point? We all know that he had the conversation. Again, it's one of those points where putting more into it has actually not benefited anyone. It, it, It actually makes Collingwood look like... I don't inconsistent. know. Inconsistent at best. Yeah. Um, pathetic at worst. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not having a go at the support of no, like but that. It's, it's... like, well, hang on. You've had the conversation. House. The head coach has said that the has had it, and then he's got a slap on the wrist and had to publicly apologise. Yeah. It, it doesn't,
0: doesn't take it back. We it's all know, disappointing because I think yeah. that for me, and I think you and I have said this, that I think more transparency, the Absolutely. better. Given we know that this happens, I think, why, why do we have to... Pretend it doesn't. I mean, it is it is ridiculous.
1: Absolutely. And obviously the AFL are not going to uh, take back free agency. It's, it's here to stay. No, yeah. I know and I understand why some people and fans don't like free agency. Let it evolve the way it's meant to be. It's a professional sport. These players yep. will do what they need to do to get around it. Clubs will do the same thing. And I think part of that is being open and transparent because then everyone is on the same page. Yep. Everyone, the fans are on the same page. The broadcasters are on the same page. Players, coaches, uh, clubs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Everyone is on the same page because we get to see what they're now. Some players and coaches and teams may want to keep it quiet, but it's not like we're going. Oh, why are they keeping quiet? <coughs> they're just keeping quiet because that's just the way the deal might get done, and that's yeah. happening anyway. It's the fact that some players and coaches and whatnot want to have an open discussion, but they're being gagged because.
0: Hierarchies are saying no, we can't talk about it. Well, so I think they need to make their decision either way. And once again, it's kind of you know, one foot in, one foot out. I like think we're gonna we want free agency, we got to go the whole way. Yeah, absolutely. We, at the moment, we've got a very half cooked free agency, so we, we, we've got free agency, but we got to pretend that no one talks to each other. Yeah, which it's, then it's, it's not free agency, it's it, well, it's, it's, it's secret it's, squirrels,
1: it's CIA yeah. and. KGB type conversations. Style, yeah, exactly. So
0: we just want to talk about that a little bit and definitely give us your thoughts on whether you think that free agencies should be more open and whether you know Tom Lynch should be allowed to come out. I mean, I heard McLaughlin say that he is allowed, but I mean, is he? Because he, you know, there's this whole thing—is he allowed to come out and say, "Yeah, look, I'm I'm going to request, request a a trade to the, you know Collingwood or wherever? Wherever, yeah. And and it's sort of a situation where I mean, yeah, he might technically be allowed to, but at the same time, it's Sort of an awkward scenario for, for players and everyone alike, so, so clearing it up might be nice. Kind
1: of like a 12-year-old telling their parents that they want to go to this school, and they're like, nah, you yeah. go to this school. Maybe.
0: It's a strange situation. Yeah, a very so, strange situation. We'll keep moving. So we're going to now go into a few different teams around you know the finals, where is everybody at. So we had a situation last week where there were so many movements, so we thought, let's do a full ladder look. So we, yep. we looked. we broke down the <laughs> whole ladder and had a really deep look through it. This week probably don't need to do it as much, mainly because there were the two bigger moves. So Geelong came into the ladder and then drop out. Massive, massive drop out is the for the Swans. Swans. Yeah, they dropped five, or five, five positions. positions. So, so that's they, how tight it is at they, the moment. Exactly. So that, and that's why we want to do this. So they went into the round at fourth position and then they are they're, they're out of the eight now. So it's it's an incredible situation. So we're going to look into Sydney first. So I guess so Sydney have got four games obviously coming. out, So everyone's got the months to come. Let's start so from the first perspective. Do you think Sydney's cooked? We both tipped Essendon. We both thought Essendon's pace would beat out Sydney. That basically ended up happening. Now, from here, where do you think they're at? Yeah. Look, I think they,
1: them and Adela- yeah, them and Adelaide are probably the two teams vying for the final spot that are in the most danger of missing out. Yeah. Uh, Adelaide, just because the horror of injury uh, run that they've had this year, but Sydney in particular, that ageing list, number of injuries to those key players, and obviously the coach coming out and publicly admitting that Buddy hasn't been doing the same training load that the rest of the team are doing. Yeah. So, and he does look sluggish. So I think, I wouldn't say they're cooked because you don't write off a, a star no. team yet. I think if they lose this weekend, that's probably their season done. And they're in, they've got a hard run home too. They, they play some really tough teams, all pretty much vying for a, a final position in that top eight. So, yeah, for me, I think they've got the hardest run to, to play finals. And this their year.
0: injuries, the timing of their injuries is not helping. So McVeigh and Grundy, as we spoke about through the year, as an example, were yeah, as good as Rampy's been and other pieces of that back line have been. These aging stars were really holding that back line up, and to lose them now is just you know because Grundy, yes, he came back in, but he had you know minimal impact. Yeah. So it's it's you know he seems pretty close to the edge. So it, it is a really difficult situation now. It
1: is, and obviously Hanbury, having been such a key component to that midfield yeah. and, and their continued push to the finals, he's. Yeah, basically has not played this season. He, he's, he's been there for a handful of games, hasn't impacted more than probably one of those games. Yeah. And, that, and that's huge because then Kennedy's had to take on a, a bigger responsibility and he takes on a lot of responsibility in anyway. And then those young kids that they continually find from goodness knows which pockets of New South Wales, it's a bit early for them to be able to take on those types of big yeah. responsibilities to... In the midfield, especially.
0: So, that's it. Yeah. Sorry, Ed. Would you mind popping up the um, the Sydney yes. games again? Sorry, mate. We talked for too long. But the um, mm-hmm. terms of their run ahead, I mean, it is it is tough. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's, that's the thing. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah, that, that I think a lot of people are sort of riding off a little bit as well because it's it's a situation where. You know, they've got big teams. So they've got Hawthorne, which is obviously not ideal. Yeah, to finish this time. the season. And, and Hawthorne are really starting to hit form as well. They're obviously yep. really good against Fremantle. They've got Collingwood as well, who are, you know, looking massive. And, you know, even though they're, they're missing pieces, they've still been very, very good. And then, obviously, so they've got... So their they're run, specifically, so next week they've got Sydney and, you know, Collingwood, which is a yeah. you know, massive game. And then we go from there into Melbourne-Sydney, which, you know, that's not exactly no an easy task either. They're basically playing all the top sides. And then they've got GWS after that as well, which is a, a massive, massive game. Massive game. And then to finish, they've got the Hawks. So it's, it's yeah, it's a... It's, you, you, could, you can see it's, them losing all four yeah, on should, form. That,
1: that's... Basically, the one of the hardest runs. I don't think Port Adelaide, the other team. They got a ridiculously hard uh, yeah. last month as well. But, yeah, you, you can't pencil in Sydney as the favourites in any of those games, especially considering how bad, or not so bad, just how unpredictable they've been at home this year. So
0: That's it, yeah. So let, let's have a look at and next. So I think we both think that Sydney are probably the biggest chance to drop out of the eight at this point. And yeah. The, I mean, not again, not buying a ticket to ourselves. We said this on the review, but I mean, it was we, I don't know what it was. I mean, we did looking at the age factor we, when we looked at the, the list at Sydney, you know, losing Tom Mitchell, bits and pieces, you know, starting to take yeah. their toll. Yes, some of the kids have stepped up, but we did feel that, you know, that, that there would be a, a bit of a drop off when and, it came to Sydney, so and they've but, played finals yeah.
1: essentially for the best part of a decade. I'm actually, going back to twenty fifteen or yeah. two thousand and five. It, so it, it you probably lot. only missed one or two years of playing finals. Yeah. so it's a, a lot of extra games you played. A lot of extra times, yeah. So a bit of fatigue, more minutes, minutes, yeah. and all that type of stuff. So yeah, it's not unsurprising. Obviously, they had that massive, massive run last year after going 0-6. Uh, oh so, yep. that again, that adds more fatigue into those bodies because they have to play at a much higher intensity to get back lost yep. around all that type of stuff. So I think that's why we that's thought it. that they might just struggle to play the yeah. finals this year, and it looks like that's the case.
0: Without a doubt. So let's move into Essendon. So they're run ahead. So they've got so Hawthorne-Essendon, yep, and, so uh, and then Essendon-Saints, Richmond-Essendon, and then Port-Essendon. So... Yeah, I mean, it, it, Essendon's next run is probably not too bad, but they've left this run late, haven't they?
1: They have, and I'm not going to get tied up in that conversation too much, mainly because of what Sydney did last year. So yeah. they're coming with a 3-6 and six record, um, and now they're on a, a beautiful run. I think they're building uh, really, really well. If they get into the finals, they deserve to be there because of this um, four-match stretch here. St Kilda, while... They're not going to be in finals contention. They haven't. They're not easy beats, if, especially no. if they can kick accurately. And obviously, the other three teams are. All vying for finals yeah. with Port and Richmond in the top four at the moment, and Hawthorne, obviously, their arch enemy, both playing for one of seven and eighth, probably. So, yeah, big, big, big month for, with for all the Dons. Yeah, for, and
0: with all the issues with fixturing this year, I mean, the, the next month looks pretty fascinating. Absolutely, so, like, it does. As much as we're, I'm happy to, you know, um, we'll, we'll hit the AFL if they need to be hit, but that's that looks pretty good. Absolutely. So, and what about your thoughts? Yeah, so your thoughts? Yeah, yeah look, I mean, I. It's hard. I think their run is just too late and their percentage is just too low. I mean, they're the two obvious things. Form-wise, they've won eight out of the last ten. So you can't put that aside. Like, that's obviously fantastic. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it just feels like it's going to be a little bit too late. As, as much as that run is not horrible, Saints, they'll smash. I, I think I'd, I'd be shocked if they were to lose that game. Hawthorne, I mean, that that's a fascinating game. Richmond, I think, with the style that... that and play, they might even be able to outrun Richmond, which is something we basically haven't seen for the whole year, certainly not for four quarters. You know, Richmond did force them to play the Richmond way through the, the Dreamtime yeah. game, so yeah, it's, it's very hard to know. Port at, at home is going to be tough,
1: yeah, and it's, that game, that's last game of the round. And Port so. might
0: be that game, might be. I mean, for me, there's two games in the last round, so I think Port's going to be playing for top four. And, you know, it's like the GWS Melbourne game. You know, Melbourne might be playing just to get, you know, sort of hanging around that sort of six. Or I mean, They might both be playing for the top four. It's true. It's, yeah, yeah, there's a bunch of these games that are basically finals right towards the end or, you know, going for the double chance. So, yeah, look, I think tough, tough for yeah. yeah. About yeah, it's going to hurt, you know, losing games to Carlton and there's so many that you can go back to. So... We'll keep moving, but yeah, that it's it's a fascinating scenario with with Essendon because that it's, it's it's a funny sort of double-edged sword because you know they're in a situation where they're, they're basically almost the form side right up there, yeah. But because they've lost so, so many. many games and their percentage is so low, and they've only been winning by smaller margins. it, it is hard to, to throw them in there. Yeah. So right. let's get so, into let's get into Hawthorn next. So obviously we can start hawthorne Essendon. So the first game, obviously we just read that before. Yeah. So looking at the other side of it, I mean, Hawthorne are in a, in a similar sort of position in a way. They've been sort of winning games through, you know, different patches of the year. They didn't have the you know, massive drop that Essendon had through that period where they were really struggling. But um, yeah, Hawthorne, I mean, where, where do you see them? I mean, for me, their run home is, is pretty good and you know, their positioning is, is good. And the last few weeks has been really positive for Hawthorne because they've been winning by big numbers. So they've been getting some pretty decent percentage, 5% a couple of weeks ago, and then I think it was about three and a half, uh, just gone. So. It's a situation where, you know, so the first game up, they've got Essen, as we said, and then the Cats, which is obviously not an easy game, and then the Saints, so Saints again, which should be an easier beat, and then Sydney. Sydney might be completely cooked by then, so it's a very hard thing to know, isn't it?
1: Yeah, so obviously, I mean, the AFL are going to be loving this. Hawthorne play their three biggest modern-day rivalries in the last four rounds and obviously there's a connection with St Kilda um, with uh, the Trevor Barker Foundation so a really good overall um, AFL AFL fixture yep. uh, coming up f- in that regard I'm, I'm not convinced on Hawthorne they've had key injuries and suspensions to players that they just need in that team I think to uh, continue to win and, and play finals they might luck in and if they do and they get those players back then they could do some damage come September but I don't I think the challenge for them is they play teams like Essendon and Essendon are playing extremely good so they'll probably lose that game and then to back up against Geelong, Geelong are starting to build they'll probably lose that so they might lose the next two that means they're under pressure to win the final two Yeah. and depending where Sydney are based um, will tell a lot. Because so, they could be completely out of it by the yeah. point. Yeah. And if they are, then obviously those last two rounds, St Kilda and Sydney, uh, are advantageous for Hawthorne to yeah. then play finals, especially because they've got a pretty good percentage at the moment. But looking at what the other teams have got, uh, I think they're going to be one of the unlucky ones.
0: Yeah, it's 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 hard. For me, in a lot of ways, I think the eight's pretty set. Not in order, but I mm. think it's pretty much the way it's going to be. I think I think that's... You know, we're sitting in a situation with so Geelong at 8th and then Sydney at ninth. I think North are going to take that ninth position. And North are the real, they're the real kind of danger, I think. Yeah. With winning that West Coast game, it just Nobody keeps them in the minutes. mix. Absolutely. It just keeps them in the mix. And we will get into them in a second. But before we do, let's do Geelong. So Geelong, I mean, again, the, the big thing, I mean, Geelong's run home is about as good as you're going to get. So they've got two games in Geelong to bottom side. So obviously that's very, very positive. Geelong, obviously, you know, not they're in good form. They're not in great form. Where do you see them going from here to the back end of the year? I mean, they're, they're, they're looking pretty good. They look they looked good against Brisbane. They, they dealt with them. They didn't drop that game.
1: Yeah, I, l- I love where the Cats are sitting at the moment. Uh, I think they've built extremely well to this point that midfield and Scotty knows how to play them in their right positions obviously Stanley has been the massive up for them for the last month he has been by champion data ranked number two of all rucks behind Gorn so he's gone yep I'm taking that number one ruck position I think that's also, part of the reason why we're seeing a more consistent Geelong. Yeah. So I actually think they are still a top four chance. Yeah. And if they don't, they will finish fifth, and they'll be very hard to beat. So I get the home final, although their home final is most likely to be at the MCG. Yeah. Unless Port Adelaide are their first opponent. It's Every other team. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Every other team, even if it was North Melbourne, it'd probably yeah. be at the G. Which I, I mean. The staunch Cat supporters say that's unfair, but look how good Geelong play the G. I I think they're pretty suited to it. They've obviously got a lot of experience, a lot of depth now in that midfield, and I think they are probably the one team, along with Melbourne, in the bottom half at the moment that could... Do the most damage to the the top four teams come finals. And the other
0: thing too is like the, if they are able to make finals, they're going to get Radigalia back. They're going to get you know Stewart's going to have at least a couple of games for the back end of the year. So yeah. a lot a lot of their pieces are going to come back, and maybe they can figure out and do a bit. Of, I don't think they're going to win the flag, but I think they could do some damage in finals and maybe knock off a team that you would think would go a bit further. So we'll look at their run. So Richmond, um, Geelong, which is a massive game on Friday game night. Friday. So yeah, that that's going to be tough. I think they'll probably lose that one, but then they, I mean, they did push them. Not that long ago, um, then obviously the classic rivalry, Hawthorne and the Cats, yeah, yeah tough, tough game, that, that could go either way, those games always it's are Very the close, yeah. Um, and then, you know, they've got Frio at GMHBA Stadium, which, you know, they're, they're going to be pretty cooked, and that, they might, that Fife might be back by that stage. But even even then, I mean, there's almost there would be nothing to really play for, and they might rest him until round one next year, and then the the last one against the Suns, who are you know one of the bottom sides at, at the Cattery as well. So yeah, you probably yeah. you probably
1: would if you're a Geelong player, coach, supporter, you'd want a flip. You'd probably want hard, easy, hard, easy, rather than. Hard, hard, um, easy, easy, easy. easy. <laughs> and that's no disrespect to Freeman no, or it's... Gold Coast, it's just the, the nature of the beast, those teams are out of they're finals race, now. yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's just I think most teams leading into finals contention would rather a, a, a spread or a, a combination rather than a, a block block um, scenario that yeah. they're facing, but much easier. Uh, run home than the previous teams we talked about.
0: Yeah, so I think look they they look safe as safe as you can be, but yeah, it would have Absolutely. helped obviously getting a couple more numbers up until this point. So definitely. Let's have a look at the last team we're gonna look at in terms of, you know, getting close to the eight, which is North. So North's run is really interesting. So obviously as as we, you know, just spoke about and we went quite deep into that game on the review, which is that you know, they, they had that win against West Coast which was massive, as you said. And you know, it was a funny old game because it was pretty close at half time and yep. then they, they ran away with it. So massive props to North and They've been, you know, you can argue one of the teams of the year, if not the team of the year. A lot of people predicted them to be very, very low throughout the you know all the preseason. All I heard was, "Oh yeah, North are going to be bottom of the ladder." We had them a little bit higher than that, but we certainly didn't have them in the eight or you know right, no, definitely in, the, not. right in the eight. Uh, obviously, they're they're just sitting um, out at the moment, but they still can absolutely make it. They could win the next four games. They which have, is crazy.
1: They have got an absolute dream run. Home. They, they have the best run. Yeah, and the only thing now, obviously, is hurting them. Wait hasn't been in so they need another tire. brown is is starting to tire they've just lost higgins if you haven't heard for the week could be longer if they get weight back i think that relieves that loss of higgins yeah it's just now a matter of them being switched on mentally they should easily three out of these four uh, get those wins yeah it'll be a matter of whether they can get up for that crows game which i believe is in adelaide yeah that'll be their biggest test so if they can Get three out of the last That's four. That's the only one. Yeah.
0: So Geelong really have two hard games. North really only have really the one. They yeah. should be able to win the other three. I mean, this weekend up in the Gab is going to yeah. be a test. It's
1: just a matter of if the season has Back now become... season into the season, though, is it, yeah. Has it been too long for that young Lions team? And obviously, North have got so much more to play for. Yeah. You would expect them to, to come out and, and all guns blazing, put the game to rest early in the first half, yeah.
0: and then control it from there. So the run ahead. So as you mentioned, up at the Gabba. So North have got to go up there this week, and then following that, they're back in Melbourne against the doggies at Etihad, which you know, very crippled dogs. Surely they'll be able yeah, to. Yeah, they play done.
1: A good games together, but you
0: would expect North just to. Oh, they've just got Derek. The, f- the dogs' injury list yeah. is, is horrible, and then after that, they've got to go over to the Crows, which is you know not an easy game. Crows will want to play for a bit of pride they're, we're not going to go into them today because they are basically out of it Yeah. so yes mathematically they still can make it but it's looking you know very very highly unlikely and the latter would have to really readjust
1: absolutely and just before you go on it, it, and it's the same reason we're not talking about Melbourne we think Melbourne no. are, are,
0: are far enough oh. ahead to, to stay in the eight yeah well we, we, we're we limited for time Don't but I, I think the other thing too is for me Melbourne You know, with their run they're pro- probably going to be in with that win over the Crows so that's we had to draw the line yeah, sometimes we'll be here for hours but yeah the, the St Kilda a game in round 23, so Saints versus North. So, for me, when you look at all the teams, so you go, so we've gone through Sydney, Essendon, Hawthorne, Cats, and North. To me, North have the best run at it.
1: Yeah, North absolutely have the best run at it. The problem
0: is they're a game out. That's they? the big problem. Yeah. And this is where it gets really interesting. Geelong are in a situation where theirs is probably the second best. The good thing for them is they're in the eight. Yeah. And, and that's the big difference. They're sitting on 44 points, whereas North is sitting on 40. So that one game ahead, it might just mean the ladder is set. Not necessarily the order, but it might mean the teams that are there, that's it. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So the hard thing is for Essendon and North is they're a game behind Sydney, Geelong and Hawthorne. Yeah. So even if Hawthorne and Geelong win two out of four, Essendon have to win three yeah. by margin... And North Melbourne do too. So North Melbourne, I think, have got the run
0: that they want. Yeah.
1: And they, if they win four, they're in. Simple equation. They well, win four, they're in.
0: If they win all four, they're in. I mean, yeah, we, we've spoken about a couple of deficiencies. If you do want to hear us break down some of the North tactics and and how to you know pierce their game, definitely check out the review. And we'll talk a bit about it in the preview, which we'll record tonight. That'll be out tomorrow. But yeah, it, are they they are probably the best runner. They're the biggest threat. I think the only the, the the thing that could happen to me is that Geelong comes out and North come in. I think Sydney I think Sydney are cooked for me. But yeah. I think I think I think Hawthorne are in, and then I think Melbourne are in, and then obviously above that Giants Giants could be top top three by by the end of the home and away, and then Port are gonna be right up there. Obviously Collingwood, Eagles and Richmond are safe.
1: Yeah, and see for me I think Essendon come in, and Hawthorne drop out. Okay. So, I think... I think, I I agree with you. I think Geelong stay in, and I think Hawthorne and... North. North flip. North North and Hawthorne probably finish ninth and 10th. Sydney come down to 11th, and I think Essendon just are just playing too, too good a football. I don't think they'll drop a game, and if they do, it'll be to Richmond, so they win three, and I think they win those three fairly comfortably, so they'll leapfrog the teams yeah
0: it's very possible the only the big problem is their percentage if they do end up winning two then they're going to be even points with a bunch of other teams and they're sitting at 102 which is just not enough and obviously we're going to have a fascinating conversation next week after this round because so many teams play each other it's it's amazing isn't it so thanks for uh listening on that one because yeah we we wanted to sort of chat around the you know who's who's in who's out what we think at this point of the season because it is you know pretty fascinating where, where we're at and you know it isn't it absolutely isn't every year and i know we've only really kind of counted for one change from now until the end of the year but that's yeah. still a lot than a lot that's of years so a lot yeah. of time it's Pretty obvious it's almost that gonna locked, locked and loaded by this time of the year. Yeah. It's just
1: a matter of who finishes where and what positions.
0: So. Well, we just didn't get as many teams this year breaking away. No, exactly. same amount of games. So we'll keep moving now. We wanted to do just a brief touch on the Round 23 fixture. So that only just got recently released. Just to sort of talk a bit about you know when teams are playing and, and what's going on. And then we're going to get into questions as well. So we've got a bunch of questions that have been sent to us um, via social media and, and so on and so forth. So, let's um let's get into round twenty three. So twenty three is uh, still the the floating scenario. Mm-hmm. So it's a an interesting one. Obviously with the buy the following week. Yeah. Do we do we think it needs to just be announced ahead of time, or do you think it's good to just keep it floating? I like. I like both.
1: it doesn't personally it doesn't affect me too much. I yeah. like the drama that, and the suspense that builds around the floating. I think it helps with fixturing, especially if we get in seasons like this season. Yeah. The fact that they've put the primetime games in those uh, evening slots on Friday and Saturday yeah. night, I think uh, builds uh, leading into the finals. But at the same time, if you fixture at the start of the year and... All things go to plan. Obviously, you think, all right, there's big teams that are going to draw big crowds, regardless if they're finals bound or not. So, if SM, uh or so Richmond are playing, let's say Kangaroos, yeah. you automatically put that on a Friday, or Saturday night. You know that you're going to get a big crowd, regardless, because Richmond are obviously premiers from 2017, are going to be playing finals this year, record breaking. Uh, supporters etc etc you know that that's going to uh, draw a crowd and then if it's a gold coast versus adelaide for example yes adelaide are a good team and strong but you would put that in a lesser time slot just yeah. to say that it's the sun so yeah. I, think, I think the afl are smart enough now to, to be able to do it i just don't think they're going to
0: yeah I mean so Not let's you. let's yeah, let's look at it. so Friday yeah, about me well I'm happy I'm happy to leave it because one of the things that is good the way it is because one of the things that does help is that it does help a a scenario where it's it means they can schedule the better games yeah it's it's a floating fixture, so it means we can sort of do that so anyway right. we'll, 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 let's let's look through the game. So one of the things on the Friday nights so we've got port versus the Bombays on Friday night, so that'll be the 24th of August. Yeah, cracking so, game. Cracking game and day's break, so Essendon will come into that from the previous Friday, so the the seven days, so they'll get a little bit extra break. And then Port will play early morning on the Saturday, so it's not, not really, I don't think that's going to have too much of an impact, it's not a, a crazy difference. No, I think the impact
1: that's going to be more pronounced is that Port Adelaide play Collingwood and Essendon play Richmond a week before that final round, I think that's going to have more of an impact than um, the time that they they play in round twenty-two. Yeah,
0: that's it. And then the next game. So on the on the you know the last round, so we've got obviously this you know probably walkover game, but Geelong versus the Suns. So yeah, I mean that that's there's not really kind of too much surprise on that one. Geelong, you know, playing on the Saturday and um, Suns playing on the Saturday as well. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Scott, don't think there's Scott, much.
1: Scott pulls the Ross Lyon uh, from 2013 and rests 11 yeah. players. But I don't think he will. I think it will just be a matter of trying different uh, game plans come finals
0: yeah and so the next one we've got Richmond versus um, the the doggies yeah it's it's a you'd think that's probably going to be a pretty big walkover as well so Richmond the previous round 22 so they're playing on the Friday night and um, doggies playing on the on the Sunday yeah. so they they doggies probably doesn't help with the worsen break as well so they got a bit cooked there and this is why it is worth sort of talking about in terms of it because there is sort of little hidden things in there so I don't that's, think Dogs would be too happy with that but especially coming up against Richmond but Yeah
1: but that's the that's, yeah. that's what happens when you're the reigning Premier you get 100,000 plus memberships and Basically, AFL want you to play grand final again. It's yeah. almost grand final time slot on a Saturday, so why wouldn't you do that? Especially considering there's tighter games that are going to have much more of an impact on the, the yeah, finals race. That's
0: it. And then we've got Frio and Collingwood. So you'd think that you know they're definitely scheduled that well. With Collingwood doing so well this year, that. Be happy that Collingwood don't have a really hard game in that last week. Absolutely, yeah. So that, that definitely helps. So Collingwood playing, uh, you know, earlier on the Saturday, and then um, Frio, you know, same day. So that doesn't have too much break. Really, so yeah, they want, get a nice break. Yeah. So that's e- even days, and the next one Carlton versus the Crowies. So yeah, Carl Obviously, you think that'd be that's a really strange game because Carlton might be playing for Jack Licostias. So that it might be see what happens there.
1: And while it's a long shot, Adelaide could, in theory, still be playing for a final spot. Well, doubt it's possible. It oh, is very unlikely. Very unlikely. So, mm. and obviously, the AFL can only do so much when they're doing this scheduling.
0: But they don't know. but No. Yeah, so, both teams playing on the Sunday, so days break, no difference. And then Sydney versus the Hawks. So, massive game. Sydney playing on the Saturday and the Hawks on the Saturday night. So, Hawks slightly worse break because they're playing at night. But they're playing against the Saints, so that could be a pretty easy game, you'd think.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. The Swannies come up against the Giants in Which an afternoon a sort of game. Yeah, so that's going to so be the would, than it is, would yeah. like
0: that, and that's why it's worth discussing. Because when you do the comparison, it's like, well, gee, that's probably not as even of a game. That, that's that's hard. No, so. Yeah. Giants play
1: interesting. And then, and I, I mean that's a really good example at the start of the year you could almost guarantee the AFL would have scheduled that game to be Friday or Saturday night yeah. just because they know they're going to get the uh, television and live crowds at that game because it's such a fierce rivalry that's been going on for at least 10, 10 years or so now Mm, that's
0: yeah, good one. Next game, so looking into the Sunday, so Brisbane versus the Eagles. So you'd think, obviously, the Eagles have got a pretty easy game. They've got a long way to travel, but (laughs) it might not be too hard of a game.
1: Yeah, so they get the Sunday-Sunday, which works well. Obviously, Uh, it's going to be starting to warm up. at least decent break. And it's starting to warm up in both states. Both um, Perth and Brisbane will start to get warm. So I think yeah. that, that's been good scheduling
0: for by the AFL as well. Yeah, they figured it out for the top sides, and I'm sure the Eagles have said, "Look, we've got to travel, you know, to the grand final potentially." So we yeah, it's good <laughs> let's to have give that. us an, an okay run. Early yeah, then on. they have
1: the week off anyway, and then potentially have
0: a home final. So yeah. I think they they'll be quite happy to have that that travel up to Brisbane. They're getting ready yeah. for the grand final in 2055. Exactly over yeah. in WA. Yep. Uh, and then next game, Demons versus the Giants. So, interesting scenario. So, Giants... So, Melbourne actually get the easy uh, break. So, they play on the Sunday. So, from Sunday to Sunday. And then, um, yeah, interesting scenario with the Giants. I mean, Giants, that, that's going to be a tough game. That's that's we, we flagged that, you know, months ago as being an enormous game. And massive, massive yeah. game.
1: So, have the Demons got over their, their Demons? And yeah. will this... Um, not be a high-pressure game for them, will they have already sewn up a top-eight position? I think the Giants will have sewn up a top-eight position by then. Yeah. It will just be a matter of if the Ds have or not. And if they haven't, well, jeez, they'll be glued to
0: the TV all Saturday and Friday because those results will play heavily yeah. on their minds. So do, they've done the day's break fairly well through it. And then St Kilda, last game of the round, St Kilda versus North. So the Saints playing on the Saturday night and North playing late on the Sunday. So the slightly... Obviously, the higher side's finished. You got that slightly shorter break, right. but that's okay.
1: Yeah, and North. I guess it depends whether the AFL come out and decide to play a Thursday final, because yeah. I think if North play finals, they'll probably get that Thursday night slot. Yeah, so it will be interesting to see. But they'll be happy with the Friday. Oh, uh, sorry, Sunday afternoon. Yeah. S- slot against Saints. I think that'll be great for them.
0: So looking through it, I mean, it is. I don't think it's too uneven. I mean, the, the only real one was that I think the Hawks have definitely got a, a good scenario. Playing, um, you know, Sydney after a, a tough game and, and, a, and a you know yeah absolutely a, a, you know an interesting break, but yeah, dog's probably not the greatest scenario against Richmond. either. Richmond got a pretty pretty decent leg up there, but yeah. that's not a surprise. Surely um, everyone's figured that out by now. So the, the AFL is very very pleased with where Richmond's at and want to bank every single cent. definitely um, they are a business after all could be many decades before there's any more success so let's try (laughs) and get as many cents as we can so let's go straight into question time now so yeah fun chat about round 23 yeah it's good to see obviously it's out finally now and we can see when everyone's going to play so
1: yeah absolutely and uh now it's just a matter of yeah just when the afl decide to release. Um, how they're going to schedule the finals?
0: Whether it's going to be Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or whether it's going to be Thursday, yeah. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's it. So a couple of questions. So you can hit us up at afl deep dive at gmail. You can hit up beyond the game. You can hit the Facebook channel, Instagram. You guys know how to work all that stuff. So question from our email: Why do AFL media make things up? So this is from John. Why do they make it up? Oh, uh, can I
1: can I answer this question? Please. Okay, so. It's not just AFL media, it's just journalism, period. If there's no stories that can make the headlines or Mm. the newspaper or their blog or whatever, they have to make it up. Mm. They're paid to write and talk about stories and and make content up. So that's why. And then sometimes it actually turns out to to come to fruition uh, for whatever miracle reason. Uh, It's just part of the job. It's always been that way. I think we notice it more now because
0: there's so much... Um, access to content whether it be it's oversaturated that's the big thing for me is that it's just way oversaturated it's not a big country there's more people living in cali by a long way it's more in texas but it's we've got a game where it's it's yeah it's the biggest sport in the country but there's a heap of people that aren't following it and that the reality is, there's there's only there's hundreds of AFL journalists all trying to get a story, and I think the, the rush to get there, they get caught up in it, and they do they basically add bits and pieces and report developing stories in order just to get something out. Absolutely, and, and they, there's a hundred TV shows, so they have got to come up with something, and they've got to you know, they're,
1: they're under um, deadlines because if they can't bring something to the table, their career is on the line, and they'll just find someone else. Media companies are not about truth, let's no. to get that straight, they never Probably have no, been, no. they're about making profits, yeah. so if, as long as they can uh, get some juicy stuff on the table, yeah. um, then happy days, people will join, think, join yeah. up and listen until and, and their heart's content. as long as there's something to discuss yeah. on the Monday morning and throughout the week, even yeah. if
0: it's got nothing to do with football. There's probably too many AFL journalists. I think that's another problem is there are so many all, all trying to do it. I don't think that, that helps the situation that there is just so many all trying to do it. I mean, it, there's only so many stories. There's only so many things that can happen. So Yeah, exactly right. keep okay, moving. So Emma asks on our email, <laughs> can Gorn win the Brownlow? Is that possible? Can, can we finally see a non-midfielder? It's been a long while. It actually was, ironically, a ruckman the last one. that did get it outside of a From- mid.
1: And I was going to say Melbourne, but there was a, a doggies ruck before that. Yeah. Yeah, so... So, here's the question.
0: Well, can Can Gorn win the Brownlow? Is it, is it legitimately possible? Obviously, we think that, you know, Tom Mitchell's right up there, but do we think it's a, it's a legitimate chance?
1: Oh, look, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's legitimate conversation to have. I don't think the umpires will see it that way. I yeah. think he's going to be one of those players... Like, we see most years... That everyone thinks is going to pull really well and then doesn't. Not to say he doesn't deserve it, and, yeah. and I'd be the first to be uh, jumping up and down if he actually got up and won. Charlie, that'd be fantastic for the sport. It'd be fantastic <laughs> for him. Yeah, um, be good for football. So yeah, great, absolutely. But, yeah. So, yeah, I person objectively yes, absolutely. He's been so dominant, but personally, I don't think he. I, I, I don't even think he'll be top.
0: Five. I think he'll be in top 10. I don't think he'll make top five. I think the big problem as well is that, and I think people are catching on to this now, but I think there's going to be games earlier in the season, is Oliver will take a lot of votes. And Viney's going to take votes as well. I think that's a big part of the problem. Can he win the Brownlow? Yeah. Should he win the Brownlow? Potentially, yeah. Because he's been one of the better players in the league, without a doubt, this year. He's been the Ruckman, and that's a pretty big call when there's been a lot of very, very good Ruckman. But, yeah, I think he's still going to find it tough. There's a lot of good players at that side.
1: At that side, exactly right. Early on, as you said, he probably wasn't that dominating of a Ruckman. I mean, all the talk was around Grundy for the first month or so. Yeah. And gone will be the first to I me. Mean, he had a couple of down, really down games where he missed some set shots and things like that. And then he just built from there. And at that stage, though... Hogan and McDonald were firing up forwards, so they're going to take votes off him early. So, yeah, I think there's going to be some games in the mid part of the season where he'll explode. But I think either side, um, is going to be tough for him. Yeah, so
0: we'll do a couple more. Uh, So Heather asks, how deep can the Giants go? How deep can they go? So they've obviously had this big resurgence over the last month and a bit. certainly, Certainly a month and a bit, nearly two months now. How deep can they go this season? Yep. Is, is the flag theirs? Is it possible? It's a
1: great question. Absolutely. They're within a, an absolute chance of. They're probably the third team up up to for the me. Neck. They're up to the <laughs> neck. That's the word I was looking for. The saying I was looking for. You've got Richmond, obviously, uh, playing extremely good football. They go at this stage as being the number one contender for going back to back. But you just look at their class, the depth, the plays that are coming back into that giant squad. They're an absolute chance. Collingwood, on the other hand, are doing that. Unfortunately, going the opposite way with injuries and whatnot. So I think West Coast Giants and Richmond are the top three for me at the moment. Port outsiders that they can get. Uh, Jonas back and they can get their f- best 22 to 24 playing. Yeah. then they're the other the other chance. For yeah,
0: me. but they're yeah they're absolutely right up into it. And given the the team, uh, the what the team's going to look like in a few weeks. So have a listen to our review. You know, we went into how now the Giants have got planned C and D as well as A and B because of a lot of the players that are coming back. And that gives them the ability to roll the dice in different ways against different teams. And we spoke a bit about how that would work against some of the other top sides. So, it's yeah, tactically it's fascinating to see where they're going to go. So, we'll do one more as well. So, are we seeing... So, obviously from an Essendon fan here. So, uh, Janie asks, are we seeing the Dons as another dogs, uh, tigers type scenario, like a miracle win from the Rafters sort of sort of stuff? Is it possible? Obviously, from around this point last year, only a couple of weeks back, really, Richmond just started dominating and they didn't lose the game from there. Do we, do we think that that's... Are we seeing that as well?
1: They've got to get there first. Yeah, I think that's the so, big problem. So, <laughs> I'm like, everyone's like, James Heard says that they can win. Oh, yeah, James Heard says a lot of things yeah. that have never come to fruition, and that's not uh, a blight on... Him as a as a guy, you reckon he's fantastic with great football. Must and have some very strong
0: chocolate he's eating though. It's, but uh, I think big stuff. He's
1: not in. They're not even in the eight at the moment. So I think it's. I, th- I think he was taken out of context. I think what he was meant to say I, if, I have, is if they, I they get heard the comment, if yeah. they get into the eight, then there are they are a chance, and I think so. I think they've
0: got everything they need yeah, to well, win the flag, but... <laughs> obviously, anyone, anyway, we've seen that. That's, but they've got to get there, yeah. and that's the hardest part. I think, at the moment, probably not a fairy tale scenario because they're just that little bit off. And, you know, there's, their percentage... A lot, There's a lot of things where... I know the Dogs yeah. had a lot of work against them, the injuries. You know, their, their position wasn't great either. They got in at seventh. You know, the Crows were the only other team that had done it. Like, there were there were a lot of things as well. But they were also a bit closer to the eight at this point. It just feels that that might be... A bit of a struggle, but... Yeah, yeah,
1: there wasn't as twenty many plots and twists of no. what's going on right now uh, to s- definitively say yes or no. Yeah. But I think anyone who plays
0: finals is a chance this year yeah. to win it. That's it. So thanks so much for listening, guys. We really appreciate it. We'll finish it up there. We've got a preview coming out tomorrow. Thanks very much to our man Ed for being the producer again today from Beyond the Game. So definitely check out all the stuff on Beyond the Games. a really smart sports platform. They cover a lot of different sports and obviously go pretty heavily into AFL. So definitely check out all their stuff. We are AFL Deep Dive. We will have, the, as I said, the preview up tomorrow. The review's up now. Check it out. Absolutely. Thanks
1: for listening and watching, guys. And That's we'll it. see you again at 7.30 next, next week.
0: Next week, next Tuesday. See you then.
1: Cheers. Cheers.